0: Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League, your number one source
1: for all of the Horizon League's top headlines. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Welcome in, everyone. Justin Kinner, your host, with you here bringing you this week's edition of Reach the Horizon as we officially enter the second half of Horizon League play for both men and women's basketball. We'll take a look at some of the big matchups heading into this weekend. We'll break down the standings for both men and women's Horizon League basketball, and then we'll bring in our guest. Our guest this week being brought to you by Zervita is Jordan Burnfield with ESPN. Jordan Burnfield will be on the call tomorrow night on ESPN. You. As the Green Bay Phoenix, right there in the middle of things in the standings for the men's side, will be welcoming in Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky looking to get back in the win category, trying to kind of make up for that bad loss that they had last week against Wright State. They were on ESPNU last week going down to the Raiders, 95-63 to at the Nutter Center. We'll talk about that in detail with Jordan Burnfield coming up here in just a moment but let's take a look at some of the news and notes around the horizon league women's basketball side of things two really big games tonight a lot of big games don't get me wrong but two key matchups tonight that will really carry a lot of weight on the standings and start opening things up as we tip things off here in the second half of the season real quick the top four teams standing wise in the horizon league women's basketball standings Feature the IUPUI Jaguars at eight and one. Keep in mind, coming into the season, Wright State and Green Bay were both tabbed as the preseason co-favorites. They were both preseason number ones coming into the year, but right now they are both the two teams underneath IUPUI, looking up as the Jaguars sitting in first with an eight and one conference mark. Wright State seven wins and two losses in Horizon League play. The uh, the loss, of course, coming to Milwaukee in the first game of conference play and their second loss coming against the Jaguars, who are in first place. But one of their seven wins has come against the Green Bay Phoenix, who is right behind them with six wins and three losses in Horizon League play. Green Bay and Wright State will go head to head tonight at the Nutter Center. Wright State looking for their, uh, looking for a regular season sweep of the Phoenix that would keep them, um, on pace with the Jaguars right there at the top of the conference. So a lot on the line. Green Bay trying to keep their name in the hat as potential regular season title contenders. But if they lose tonight, that would create a multiple game gap between them and the top seed. So again, this is a crucial game as we tip off the second half of Horizon League play. Here tonight in Dayton, Ohio, as the Wright State Raiders welcome in Green Bay. Myself and, of course, Scott Leo will be on the call for that one later tonight on ESPN+. Plus. Now, the Jaguars will also be in action. They have Cleveland State uh coming into town tonight, they'll welcome in Cleveland State. It's a big one for Cleveland State as well. They're 5 and 4 in conference play. If you could knock off the IUPUI Jaguars and go to 6 and 4, you'd be tied right there with Green Bay in third place and Cleveland State could be, you know, that needle uh in the side, that thorn in the side of a lot of the teams above them in the standings is they're trying to position themselves for a top seed uh for the basketball championships coming up later on uh this month. All right, some of the other games around the league. Milwaukee will be at Northern Kentucky. Youngstown State will be at the UIC Flames in the two games we just mentioned. Cleveland State at IUPUI and then Green Bay at Wright State. Cleveland State right now is at IUPUI. That game is currently being played as I am recording this podcast. That will be final probably by the time this is pushed out coming up here in the next half hour. Um, but I'll continue to keep you updated on that throughout the podcast. All right. On to the men's side of things. You look at the halfway point of the Horizon League season. Wright State, eight and one, and they hold a two game lead over number two, Northern Kentucky, who is six and three. One of those losses coming most recently to the Raiders last Friday night. As I mentioned, 95-63. The loss, uh, the win for the Raiders over Northern Kentucky. But it's a big one tonight, or tomorrow night, I should say, as Northern Kentucky will look to pick up their seventh conference win. But it's going to be tough. as They're going to be at Green Bay, and Green Bay, with a win over Northern Kentucky, would push NKU back and propel Green Bay into that second-place spot. So a lot of big games as we head into the weekend. Let's take a look at some news and notes. The second half of the Horizon League men's basketball season begins this week featuring a pivotal matchup as we talked about. Northern Kentucky travels to Green Bay and it'll be on ESPNU tomorrow night at 9 o'clock 9 p.m. Eastern. Jordan Burnfield will be on the call and he'll be our guest on this week's Reach the Horizon podcast coming up here in just a moment. Wright State remains at number 10 in the collegeinsider.com mid-major top 25 poll with Northern Kentucky continuing to receive some votes. The Green Bay Phoenix, they continue to be one of the best offensive teams in the country as they are eighth in the NCAA in scoring offense at just under 82 points per game while also ranking eighth in assists per game at just under 18. They're also 10th in assist to turnover ratio and they shoot just under 40% from behind the three-point line, which is good enough for number, uh, it's good enough to be ranked number 23 in the NCAA. So they're one of the top three-point shooting teams in the country. They One of the best ball-handling teams in the country. They pass the ball well. They they score at a high clip. This is one of the most dangerous teams in the Horizon League because of their scoring ability, their ability to take care of the ball, and their ability to shoot from the three-point distance. I'm telling you, right now everyone's focused at the top of Wright State, Northern Kentucky. We're taking a look at Detroit and Cleveland State and talking about their, you know, really solid starts to Horizon League play. Green Bay's was inconsistent throughout the first half, but if they can add just a, a sprinkle of defense into the second half of the season, that's the team I would really want to avoid the most heading in to the Horizon League tournament coming up later on in the season. Youngstown State tied for third, uh, tied for third place after nine games. It continues to hit the offensive glass. The Penguins are fifth in the NCAA in offensive rebounds per game with 14 and they're 24th in total rebounds per game. At 40, Youngstown State, as we just mentioned, uh, right there in the middle of things, they're one of the three, five and four teams, along with Milwaukee and Green Bay, looking to, again, establish some momentum in the second half, one of the top rebounding teams in the country, and that's going to be their identity heading into the second half. You'd like to see them score a little more and pick it up on the defensive end, but this is a really good ball club, and again, they are coached really well. As well, as far as the Milwaukee Panthers are concerned, one of the three, five and four teams in conference play, as I mentioned, they are being led by Tijan Lucas. He's seventh in Horizon League play with 16 points per game. It's also the league leader in steals, third in assists and top 10 in field goal percentage. When you have an efficient, dominant player like that who can score, who can pass, who can, you know, connect on a lot of high percentage shots and shoot the ball as well as he can. If you have a player like that that can get hot in the second half of the year, Milwaukee could be a team as well uh, that we're looking at as a, one of the top seeds heading in to the Horizon League Basketball Championships. All right. Jordan Burnfield, he is this week's guest on Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. We are 33 days away from the Horizon League Basketball Championships, March 9th and 10th. You know, at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, the first year of. Uh, for the new host site, and we're excited about that. But a lot of basketball left to be played between now and then. Me and Jordan also in this interview will take a look at some of the names on the Horizon League All-Decade team, uh, and there's a lot of names that you've probably forgotten about. People forget that Butler was still a part of the Horizon League in this most recent decade. Uh, I mean, we remember them for their their deep tournament runs, their Final Fours, their national championship appearances, uh, and it was painful to watch them go, but man, were they led by some talented players. Gordon Hayward comes to mind, obviously, his name on that list. Uh, Kiefer Sykes from Green Bay, another big name on that list. You have Alec Peters from Valparaiso. When Valpo was still a part of the league, and then most recently you have Drew McDonald. And there's a lot of big K Felder at Oakland. Um, you know, you're obviously going to you're going to see Antoine Davis, a current player on that list as well. So many big names. Go and check it out if you haven't done so at HorizonLeague.com. But we're going to preview that coming up with Jordan Burnfield Bern- here in just a moment. Being a listener of the Reach the Horizon podcast does have its benefits, including exclusive access to tickets to the Horizon League Basketball Championships, as we just talked about. To thank you for listening, you can save $5 per ticket by using the code HLpodcast at checkout. Again, visit horizonleague.com and use the code HLpodcast at checkout. I look forward to seeing you in Indianapolis. All right, let's move on to our interview brought to you by Zervita, Jordan Burnfield with ESPN. You can hear and see him tomorrow night on ESPNU, and so he'll be on the call on ESPNU for the Green Bay Phoenix in Northern Kentucky. Here's Jordan (laughs) Burnfield. We're going to bring in Jordan Burnfield with ESPN. Of course, you hear him and see him every Friday night or most Friday nights throughout the Horizon League season. He'll be on the call this Friday night on ESPNU for Northern Kentucky at Green Bay. Jordan Burnfield, welcome in, sir. How are you? Doing well, Justin. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You get back-to-back weeks of Northern Kentucky. That's been an interesting team. They didn't look that great last week in Dayton at the Nutter Center. Uh, It's an interesting matchup, though. You have two teams that are right now trying to fight uh, to stay atop the Horizon League standings as we kick things off.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I think Friday night's game should be really interesting. It'll be uh, fascinating to me to see how NKU responds. After the game that they played last week at Wright State. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Rob Kennedy and I, I think, made this pretty clear on the broadcast. We were fairly surprised at the way things went. And that's that's no disrespect to Wright State. Clearly, they've been the best team in this league so far, and it might be a wider margin than we even expected it to be. But when you consider the success that Northern Kentucky has had, certainly over the last three years, four years, um, you just don't see them normally get blown out. In that way, certainly we're not used to seeing them uh, have games where they're they're just you know behind the eight ball so quickly and can never really recover. So um, you know I think Wright State deserves a ton of credit uh, for the way that they performed, but I, I have a suspicion that there's going to be a very motivated NKU team Friday night at Green Bay, just given the fact that they didn't play Sunday, so. That was the last game that they would have played and, and uh, you know, to, to get beaten by 32 in a, in a big game like that. So uh, Green Bay is a team, obviously, that plays really good offense. Uh, Linked Arter teams obviously get up and down the floor. That's something that we've seen since he's been there. So uh, it should be an exciting game, should be a game with some tempo and some pace, and we're looking forward to it.
1: No, absolutely. And Green Bay is that team that from the very beginning, uh, myself and anyone that's had a chance to watch them as you have, have circled them and said, that's a team to look out for. It's kind of a, not an under the radar team, but a middle of the radar team because you can't figure them out, but you know they have the talent and the explosiveness to be able to take out any team in the conference, but they've also shown to be vulnerable to lose to any team in the conference. That's an interesting team to keep an eye on. Another note about Northern Kentucky. Look, when you're right state, you knock down 12 three pointers and you're, you know, hitting every three that you take. That's going to open up the game against anybody. I don't believe Wright State's 30 points better than Northern Kentucky. They were that night. A lot of times you look back at a point in the season and say that big win is you know, what has propelled us to a big run. Northern Kentucky could be looking at that loss and circling it as, like you said, that game that motivates them. That could be the game that helped propel them uh, on a significant run as we head to the back half of this season. So you're right. I'm interested about that NKU-Green Bay matchup on Friday. What what Northern Kentucky team is going to show up? Because Green Bay is looking at Chum in the water, too, saying they're vulnerable. I love this matchup. There's two different styles of teams coming in, two different storylines coming in, and a lot on the line Friday night.
0: Yeah, I, mean, you know, I think too, Justin, that when you look at the Norse, this was a team that over the last four years, because the focal point of the team was Drew McDonald, they would play a little bit slower, and it would have been a change of pace kind of game, right? Northern Kentucky with John Brannon and with Drew McDonald, it would have been putting the ball into the post a lot, letting McDonald go to work. Obviously, Drew was a guy that could come out and shoot a three, uh, but I think Darren Horn's team is a little bit different, and so that's why I feel like, it could be a little bit of a faster-paced game because with Darren in there and without McDonald, they've definitely relied on shooting more three-pointers than they did in the past. And I thought that was one of the things that Wright State did such a good job of, and you got to give Scott Nakey and those kids a ton of credit for is They were running NKU off the three-point line every time Tyler Sharp got a touch uh, at the top of the key or anywhere along the 3 point arc. The same thing was true at Faulkner with any of their three point shooters. And so, you know, Wright State made an outstanding adjustment. One thing that we've seen is that Green Bay, you know, scores the most points in the league, but they also allow the most points in the league. So you wonder if Northern Kentucky is going to be able to have the three point consistency and success that they have enjoyed for a lot of the season in a game against Green Bay where they were not able to have it against Wright State. And certainly. You know, with Green Bay, it's an interesting mix. Obviously, last year they were led by Sandy Cohen, who led them in every category and was just one of the best players in the league, frankly. Um, Without him this year and with Tank Hemphill out with a knee injury, it's a little bit of a different look. But Jaquan McLeod is coming off back-to-back 30-point games. He's been playing great for them. They always have good shooters. And like I mentioned, you know, they're a team that is going to play with some pace. They're going to get the ball up and down the floor, and they're going to shoot – and they're going to be a pretty prolific offensive team. So you know, I think it's going to be interesting. It's interesting how you mentioned, too, that they are sort of a middle-of-the-radar team. I often do feel that Green Bay is sort of not always looked at uh, maybe the way that perhaps they should be just because they did win this league four years ago, right? They went to the tournament and won it in Detroit at Joe Lewis Arena, and they've been in the mix every year, but they're always kind of behind... Uh, Northern Kentucky or Wright State, or even in Oakland the last few years. So uh, perhaps this is a year where they go deep into the Horizon League tournament again. Uh, The question for them, frankly, always is, are they going to defend enough to knock people off when we get to March? And when they get to Indy, that's going to be an interesting question. But I think also having this game, particularly this Friday night, at the Crest Center Smaller venue, probably louder, probably a really good environment. So we're excited to do that uh, that game there. And, uh, you know, we're, we're pumped. We're always pumped for the Friday night games.
1: You mentioned the Friday night games. You, look, you, you get to go and call all the biggest games in the conference throughout the season. That atmosphere at the Nutter Center Friday, I'm not just pumping it up because of my affiliation with Wright State, but I would be pumping it up regardless of any arena uh, that that game would have been held in you get to see the different atmospheres throughout where did that one rank and is that common throughout the league because that was something special friday just to see a, a fan base come together a fan base that is coming together slowly over the years but that was a, a really cool experience for wright state on friday not just the win but uh, the crowd support too i think definitely gave them that true home court advantage that helped elevate them over nku yeah i mean listen
0: justin we we are very fortunate in. In the package that we get to cover some of the best games, and in my experience over the years of working in the Horizon League, uh, it's hard to find an atmosphere that is better than Wright State NKU over the last three, four years in this league. And the reason, obviously, is that the schools are an hour apart. You get uh, fans from both teams in the arena because it's easy for, for fans to commute back and forth. And frankly, it's two of the best venues in the league. So whether the game is at BB&T Arena in Highland Heights or it's in Fairborn at, uh, at the Nutter Center, you're going to get a crowd that um, matches sort of the uh, magnitude of the game. And also the fact that those two schools have been two of the best in the league the last few years. And when you have one versus two and you get uh, pretty much full crowd uh, in the venue, that's great, right? I mean, you can't ask for anything more than that and we really enjoy our trips to the Nutter Center and have for years. Um, You know, I think that we've had some great atmospheres at NKU. We've had some great atmospheres at Oakland. uh, When, you know, when the arena is filled, it's usually awesome uh, to go there, especially when we've had games against Detroit, when Oakland has been one of the better teams. Uh, Those atmospheres are great. So just, you know, those are ones that certainly come to mind, uh, right off the top when, when you're at any of those uh, three places, and and we've been fortunate enough to be there a lot the last few years. But, you know, we've had some loud atmospheres um, in several other venues, but certainly uh, Wright State has been one of the best ones, and because they've had so much success over the last few years, we've been uh, fortunate enough to make trips in and out of Dayton several times, and we'll be back there in a couple of weeks for the Wright State UIC rematch, which obviously last year ended and a uh, and a three pointer in overtime for UIC to win that game. So um, yeah, I mean the Horizon League has great crowds, and I realize what podcast I'm on, and it's easy for me to say that, but I truly believe it, and I think that people that um, that know me and and you know have seen me around the league know that that I really enjoy being a part of this league and and part of these, this this Friday night package over the years that I've been in it, and even prior working in this league because. You know, you don't have to go to a Duke game to see a great atmosphere. Don't get me wrong, those are great atmospheres. But you can get great atmospheres in this league any venue you travel to, and we've been fortunate enough to see that in several places, and, and Wright State has been one of the best ones.
1: All right, so we're nine games into the conference season. The second half tips off this weekend. Uh, And, of course, you, you have Northern Kentucky at Green Bay. But when you look at the standings and you start breaking it down, it's about what we thought. You have the two teams at the top that we expected in Wright State, Northern Kentucky. There's Youngstown State, Milwaukee, and Green Bay there in the middle. But Cleveland State's won four games in the Horizon League. And, again, they're not at the top, but they've been a pleasant surprise. They've been a lot more competitive in the conference than what people anticipated after last year. And how about Detroit as well? I mean, that roster went through a pretty solid, a big turnover in the offseason. Mike Davis has done a solid job of coaching this talent up around Antoine Davis, uh, potential player of the year in the Horizon League. Detroit at four wins as well. I don't know what's more surprising, Cleveland State and Detroit having success in the league or Oakland being at the bottom at 2-7 and right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, those those are all good points, Justin. Uh, Obviously, Greg Campy has had an extraordinary run at Oakland, and typically, uh, you know, whether he's been in the Summit League or now in the Horizon League, we don't see Oakland near the bottom of the league. But obviously, this year's team is a little bit different. They don't have the prolific point guard that they're used to having, which can run his up-tempo system. And I think as a result, you know, Coach Campy has had to kind of um, augment and adjust the style of play, the tempo of play, that they're playing, and that's not something that you know his teams are used to doing. And so, um, it's it's certainly unique to see this. And and I have no doubt that you know even if this year does not finish the way that Oakland would want it to, that they're going to be back next year just because you know the the overwhelming evidence of Oakland is that they are typically a, a very not only competitive team but one of the best teams. Um, certainly, in this league, since they entered the league, you know in twenty what was it thirteen they 've been um, they 've been awesome almost every year, so I would expect that they 'll get back to that uh, in short order if it 's not this season and when you mentioned detroit and uh, and and Cleveland State, certainly those kids are responding to Dennis Gates because they 're playing uh, much better basketball than I think a lot of us anticipated that they would um, with regard to Detroit Mercy, are obviously when you have um, a player like Antoine Davis who could go off for 30 basically any night and does um, on many nights, they're not going to be an easy team to play uh, on any night. So, you know, Mike Davis, I mean, it goes without saying, this guy is an excellent coach. Uh, with the success that he had at Indiana, at Texas Southern, at all these different places that he's been, you would just expect that Detroit Mercy – will get there. And obviously when you're a newer coach to the league, there is a time period in which you are um, rebuilding and, and you're trying to bring in the talent to match the system that you want to play and to, to match the vision that you have for your program. But I think to the credit of the bottom of the league this year, um, none of these teams have been easy. I mean, look at how close the game was when Wright State played Detroit Mercy, right? I mean, Detroit almost knocked them off in that game. So... Um, I think it's only good for the league when the bottom of the league is starting to come up. And I think that, you know, in previous years we've said it's wide open. I don't know that it's wide open this year. And I think that we've seen that Wright State is is clearly the top team in this league this year and that, you know, there are a few teams that, that might be able to knock them off. But from what I've seen, the Raiders do look like the best team. But I will say that we have also seen this year that the teams near the bottom um, are going to give people a run for their money, and that's only good – When when any team is competitive in in a particular league,
1: absolutely. And again, with nine games remaining in the regular season, um, it's safe to say you know, Wright State Northern Kentucky will be battling it at the top for the regular season Horizon League title. But I promise you this much: if I'm Wright State or Nku, Detroit would be a team that because of of Antoine Davis and because of the great coaching from Mike Davis and the team that's only going to get better. As we, I mean, they've won four games in the first half, and they're only getting better. Man, if they would have beat Wright State, that confidence, I mean, they'd be sitting at 5-4 and four right now, above 500 in conference play, and they'd be right there at the top. That one win, if they could have closed, I mean, they had a seven-point lead with under a minute to go that Wright State somehow came back and won. They're 5-4. and four, They're right there at the top. Come tournament time, that's the one team I'd be circling. And there's a lot of good teams, don't get me wrong, but that's the one team I'd be worried about from a standpoint of ignore the records and just say, hey, that's a team I'd be worried about come conference tournament time.
0: Well, I mean, one thing that we've seen, Justin, as you all know, is that when these teams get to the Horizon League tournament, you can kind of just throw them in a hat and just flip it in the air. Um, And you let the chips fall where they may, because we've seen, you know, Milwaukee, when it was a 10-seed, get to the championship of the Horizon League tournament in recent years. So I I think one thing that we know about the Horizon League tournament is that we don't know a lot. (laughs) And what I mean by that is that, you know, every year it seems that there are unexpected Events that occur, and that's what makes the tournament so exciting. And I, I think that it will be no different in Indianapolis than it was in Detroit the last few years. But I think that, you know, that what the, with the format of this league and the way that you see these games Thursday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday, because you play two games over the course of three days, these are college students, right? So there is going to be variability. And in a one game setting, When you have a player like Antoine Davis, uh, you know, would, would Wright State probably beat Detroit, uh, the majority of the times if they played 10 times? Yes. I think, you know, anyone objectively would tell you that. But in one game, when you have a player of Davis's caliber, why couldn't they win a game or two, right? And so I think, um, that is certainly true. Another team that I, that I really do believe people should watch out for is UIC, because you have four seniors on that team, and when you have, especially in the college basketball setting, you have several guys on a team that are playing in perhaps their last games of their collegiate careers. There is a, a level of motivation to continue your season and to keep it alive that is unique to this sport.
1: Um, oh, Drew McDonald degrees, Drew McDonald so, degrees know, I, from last I, year. And listen,
0: UIC has a lot of talent. They have really athletic guards. Um, they have guys that can shoot, they will play a, a style that if they get hot um, is going to be tough to beat. So why couldn't they uh, go deep this year? I mean, really, when you look at UIC, the, the record that they have isn't really reflective of their talent. They had four starters hurt for a lot of the non-conference season, and so they were you know, near the bottom in terms of non-conference record, but I don't think it's reflective of, of the type of talent that they have. So... You know, I, right now I think when you look at it, Wright State has all the ingredients of a classic mid-major that could not only win its conference, but if it got to the NCAA tournament, could knock somebody off. And we have kind of made this point on the air in our broadcast, just that, you know, when you look at mid-major teams that can win a game or two in an NCAA setting, Wright State has that mix. They've got a setter in Loud and Love who physically can match up with a lot of centers around the country, you've got skilled guards and um, you know forwards that can run the floor, that can shoot the ball, that can stretch the floor. When you talk about Wampler or the freshman in Tanner Holden, it was really impressed me. You've got a point guard that makes everything go in Cole Gentry, who has been there several years now and runs Scott Nagy's system to a T and does a phenomenal job. Um, Jalen Hall can shoot the ball. They've got depth especially on the interior, when you consider Grant Basile and what he was able to do when Loudon Love was out for five games with injury in the non-conference. Trey Calvin is a freshman who I think can really shoot, and we started to see that last Friday against NKU. I mean, listen, they have all the, the ingredients to be a team that if they can get through the Horizon League could really represent this league well in a tournament setting. But Northern Kentucky's got some outstanding guards and a team that has interior players that are starting to play really well. And between Nelson and Nadecki, those guys are starting to become a tandem that um, can make real impact in a tournament setting. And so I think there are several teams that you really like in terms of the ingredients that they have. Um, but because there is some variability, that's what makes it exciting. And that's, that's why we love you know, being a part of this league every week because everything you think you know, you may not know.
1: No kidding. And that's I mean the first half of the season's been a blast and it's only every game's only gonna feel bigger and bigger as we get closer to the finish line. Uh, and we're excited for that. Again, Jordan Burnfield with ESPN he'll be on the call Friday night on ESPN U. Nine o'clock the tip. Northern Kentucky at Green Bay. It's a must-win for both. I, I hate to use that term must-win at this point, but when Wright State's already created that two-game gap between number one and number two, if you're NKU who's two games back and Green Bay who's three, you can't afford to drop back anymore. So it's a must-win game for both teams. Coming up on Friday night, and you can watch Jordan Burnfield on ESPNU on the call. Jordan, before we let you go, uh, we we spoke before you know coming on the phone about the uh, the the Horizon League All Decade Team, and there's just a, I mean a list and list and list of all of these great players over the past decade. Names, by the way, that I didn't realize played in this decade. I, I mean, it just amazes me how much talent that has come through the conference in this past 10, uh, 10 years. When you look back, I know you don't have the list in front of you, but what are some of the names that you remember popping off the list for you that you would say definitely would be one of the couples on your list for sure?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I remember looking at the list and thinking, like, man, Gordon Hayward in, in this past decade. I mean, you're talking about an NBA superstar. Mm-hmm. So um, that name obviously would have to pop off the list, you know, when Butler was still in the league. And the impact, I mean, obviously, the Horizon League had, you know, back to back teams that went to the national championship. Um, which it was incredible and so in, so amazing for the league you know when I started covering the league justin, um, that was at, you know kind of the end of that time and they you know Butler was a traveling road show I, it was unbelievable you know I'd be covering games at UIC and you'd go from having a few media people covering a typical horizon league game to seeing twenty five or thirty traveling media at games where butler was playing in horizon league conference games which just shows you um what a national incredible story they were with brad stevens and you talk about matt howard and you know guys that were iconic members of those butler teams and just seeing those you know i feel like how could you not include them even though they weren't in the horizon league for a lot of years of this decade so to speak um you know the 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 success they had was was unparalleled um you know, in the years that I've been covering this league, names that stand out certainly in recent years, you're talking about Drew McDonald. You're talking about Alec Peters at Valparaiso. Um, you're talking about Kay Felder at Oakland when he was, you know, what, third in scoring and leading the country in assists. Um, you're talking about, um, you know, so many names. I mean, those are just uh, three to come to mind, and, and now I'm going to be, you know, since I don't have the list in front of me, I'm going to be blanking on some of the names. But, you uh, know, Uh, what what this league has produced in terms of talent um, has been really extraordinary. And I think that when you look back on it, um, it it reinforces how much talent is in this league. You know, Norris Cole was this decade, right, at Cleveland State, who was an NBA, you know, uh, an outstanding NBA player. And I think that, uh, you know, towards the end of the run, obviously, Kendrick Nunn and and now you're thinking about – somebody that over this next decade could end up being a big-time NBA star with what he's been doing this year in Miami. And you just keep going through the list. I mean, there's so many guys uh, that have been so good. And, um, you know, there's I, – what I remember from looking at the list, and I apologize for not having it now, I've been driving as we do this podcast, is that there's, there's definitely more than five to ten. You know, you, you could look 15-strong at this thing, um, at guys that have been in this league. Um, that have been successful. So I apologize to the names that I'm leaving out that are not off the top of my head at the moment, but um, I mean to say that there have been so many good and talented players that have come through this thing, and I think that um, people within the Horizon League and fans of the Horizon League should take a lot of pride in how much talent has come through here over the last decade and over the last you know 40 years of this league.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, you touched on a lot of names that I have circled on mine. I mean, Gordon Hayward, uh, you have to. There's You don't have a choice. I mean, that obviously makes a ton of sense. And you talk about Matt Howard as well, you know, two-time Final Four participant there. But Norris Cole's one I had on, again, going to play with the Miami Heat, winning multiple NBA titles, playing with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. and I mean, he was a part of the the Heatles uh oh, the early 2010s. How about that? I mean, that's such a cool storyline. Keefer Sykes out of Green Bay, when I first started oh, right. covering the I, league. You know, I, how
0: could I forget Kiefer yeah. Sykes? So. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, there's so many of these guys.
1: So Keeper Sykes, Kay Felder, two of my favorite. Kay Felder, I remember watching, uh, I think it was the first year of Motor City Madness, actually, when they got knocked out by Wright State. But, I mean, he was, that was quite a crowd on hand to watch that Oakland team, and Kay Felder was right there at the top of it. But you're right, so many great names. Um, we're excited to continue looking at this list over uh, the next few weeks or so. All right, uh, that wraps it up. Jordan Burnfield with ESPN. You can hear him and see him again on Friday night, DSPNU, 9 o'clock to tip off, Northern Kentucky at Green Bay. Jordan, thanks so much for your time. I know it was a lengthy one, but uh, much appreciated as always.
0: Well, my pleasure. Sorry for rambling, and uh, I will tell you that uh, you know I really enjoy the podcast every week. I am a loyal listener. Um, you know, thanks for for covering it the way you do because it helps me get ready for these games.
1: Thank you, Jordan. Much appreciated.
0: Take care, Justin. Thanks.
1: All right, excellent stuff there again. Jordan Burnfield with ESPN. He'll be on the call tomorrow night ESPN U Green Bay Northern Kentucky, a big one. NKU looking to avoid going down for the second straight uh contest after losing to Wright State last week. Again, there's a two-game gap between NKU and second place and first place Wright State. You don't want that gap to get any bigger. But if you are the Green Bay Phoenix, you're looking to try to leapfrog a lot of teams and get right back into that conversation uh, for either number one or number two, uh, which is a big deal because Wright State and Green Bay will go head to head on Sunday. I mean, this is a huge weekend. Green Bay, they control their destiny. And to be honest, let's be fair here. Milwaukee, too. I mean, I'm focusing on Green Bay. They're the big one, you know, they're the big dog tomorrow night on ESPNU welcoming in northern Kentucky. But Milwaukee. You have a shot to play Wright State and NKU, two teams. Who are the two teams in front of you? All right, so that that's a big one coming up. Uh, this is a huge weekend as far as the standings are concerned. If Mil- Milwaukee has a chance to split or take both uh, from Wright State and NKU this weekend, which we know for any team, the Milwaukee trip is one of the tougher ones in the conference. But if Milwaukee can split and, and, and Green Bay can split or take two, or if Milwaukee could take two, by the time this podcast is released next week, we can have a completely different top three, uh, and I'm excited. This is going to be a fun weekend of college basketball uh, on the men's side of things for the Horizon League and also for the women's side. One more time, of the top four teams, the top four teams in the conference are all going head-to-head this weekend. Tonight, Wright State welcomes in Green Bay, number two versus number three. These were the preseason number ones coming into the year. If Wright State could knock off Green Bay and go for the regular season sweep over the Phoenix, that would create that gap. And it would really, uh, you know, at that point, I'm not saying it would only come down to these two, but it would start to appear that way that IUPUI and Wright State would begin separating themselves from the rest of the pact. But Cleveland State, they have something else in mind as well. They're number 4 in the conference. They are at IUPUI right now as I speak. Uh, And again, we will have a final for that coming up. Uh, Obviously, when the game is done, it won't be before uh, this podcast is complete. But the top four teams going head-to-head is a big weekend for both men and women's Horizon League basketball. Uh, make sure you tell your friends and family about us. Reach the horizon. We are the official podcast of the Horizon League. We've had a ton of fun doing this, and we have a lot more to do. This is the most fun month of the season leading into March, which then again, that's the most fun month of the season. But you see my point. I love the race to the finish line. There's so many angles, so many storylines, so many teams competing uh to the final buzzer literally and figuratively as we are beginning to kind of see a map of what the the brackets will look like as we head into the Horizon League Men and Women's Basketball Championships. Speaking of that, I told you earlier, I want to see you in Indianapolis, and if you want to go ahead and buy your Horizon League Men and Women's Basketball tickets early, you can do so by going to horizonleague.com and use the promo code HLpodcast at checkout. It will save you $5 per ticket when purchasing tickets for the Horizon League Men and Women's Basketball Championships March 9th and 10th at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. As far as future podcasts are concerned, um, we're excited. Again, we're going to be bringing you very intriguing guests each and every week to help tell the story of the Horizon League. And you're going to be confused next week. John Calipari, the head coach of the Kentucky Wildcats of the SEC, he's going to join us next week. John Calipari, that's right. He'll be my guest on next week's Reach the Horizon podcast. What in the world does John Calipari, the head coach at Kentucky, have to do with the Horizon League? Maybe I got confused and I thought I was reaching out to Northern Kentucky and and got in touch with Kentucky by mistake. I don't know. But you will find out next week. All right? John Calipari will be our guest on next week's Reach the Horizon podcast, and I'm excited about that. So tell your friends and family about us. A very intriguing story next week uh, that involves John Calipari, and I'm excited about it. Until next week, this has been Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League.